Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Our hope is that these episodes serve as a resource for the advancement of your career and the continued success of your team. Now on to the show. Today on Insights, we go back to a conversation host Bill Russell had with Robert Rice. The topic of discussion was cloud infrastructure deep dive, and Bill and Rob take a look back at 2021 and dissecting the benefits of moving your data centers to the public cloud. This is a deep dive episode. We're going to focus in on cloud infrastructure. I'll do the setup and then we can move deeper into the process. Rob and I have a lot of the same shared experience with this. So let's uh, let's start off with a quote. Dale Sanders, president of technology with Health Catalyst, had this to say on LinkedIn. If and when I ever return to the CIO role in healthcare, I'll race as fast as possible to move my data centers to the public cloud. There's no way I can provide the same capabilities on any dimension with my data center. Even the data centers like ViaWest can't come close to matching Azure, AWS, et cetera. And I think it's interesting. I think you're seeing a lot of the, John Holomka on the show also had similar comments about the capabilities and things that are available in the cloud. So let me set this up. Let me put a little definition around it. I came in as CIO in 2010. I looked at the organization, looked at Rob and said, here are the characteristics of cloud that we're looking for. And this was back in 2010. Not a perfect definition, but it sets the groundwork. We said it has five characteristics. First, self-service provisioning from anywhere. Web-based provisioning really from, from your phone, from Alexa, from self-service provisioning from anywhere. That was number one. Number two, rapid elasticity, which meant you could scale up and scale down. Now, scaling up was not that big of a deal back then, but it was somewhat. Sometimes you had to add you know, crack units and air conditioning and power to your data center, in which case it was millions of dollars. Other times you had to add servers, took a lot of time. But one of the things that we were looking at when I came in in 2010 was the ability to scale down. We kept asking the organization for tens of millions of dollars for new data centers and whatnot. And they were saying, okay, hey, we're, we're actually selling off portions of our business. Can we have some of that money back? And the answer is no. So cloud gives you the ability for self-service provisioning and rapid elasticity. So scale up, scale down. Meter service, pay for what you use. So one of the benefits of the cloud is if you have a, a thousand users today, you pay for a thousand users. If you have 800, you're paying for 800. But even more than that, the services are much more granular. So you're only paying for the storage you need and the compute you need. And now it goes all the way down to much AI and other things as well. The fourth thing was programmatic access to resources. This is where we get into the DevOps. This is where a lot of your efficiency comes in. And then the fifth thing was granular accounting to the point where AWS now you can do compute by the minute. So for those of you who are wondering what you would use that for, sometimes you have uh, processing that's done at night. You can scale up 100 servers, use them for 10 minutes, do all your processing, scale them back down, and only pay for using those servers for 10 minutes. So, so granular accounting. So self-service provisioning, rapid elasticity, metered service, programmatic access uh, to resources, and granular accounting. Like I said, not a perfect definition, but it sort of set up what we were looking to accomplish. We were looking to get agility, efficiency, and automation within our health system. So we thought the cloud was going to bring us really two important things. First, in 2010, when I came in, we interviewed a lot of the executives and said, where is healthcare going? And the most common response was, we don't really know. We know that there's a lot of change coming, pop health, value-based care, mergers and acquisitions, new competition, Silicon Valley was coming in. And one of the things is when you don't know what's next in your industry, you need to create something that is 
that you're able to make quick moves. You're able to adapt very quickly. And so cloud gives you that ability. Uh, the second thing we knew is that healthcare was moving outside the walls of the traditional health system. So we used to have data centers which served our 23,000 staff, but that wasn't going to be the case moving forward. We were going to start putting devices all over the place. We also had clinics, critical access facilities, long-term acute care facilities, more and new types of partnerships. So that, that not only were we looking at 23,000 endpoints, we were now looking at literally millions of endpoints uh, accessing resources from our data center and the cloud lent itself pretty well for that. So one last piece of background, Rob, just to give people a little idea of where we started our journey. Our scenario was pretty challenging. We had some of the, the statistics. So 50% of our data center equipment was end of life when we started our project. 60% of the workstations were also end of life. 1,800 instances, of 900 distinct applications, which is not the worst we've seen in the industry. I know you, you and I have seen organizations when we say 1,800 instances, they just go, oh, well, that's, that's nothing. We have 10,000. And you just sort of shake your head like that's almost impossible to manage 10,000 instances of distinct applications. But we had 1,800, 900 uh, distinct applications. We had 15 million in data center upgrades that needed to be done. I mean, this is the the real thing here, the data center had just gone down eight times in six weeks prior to uh, to my arrival as CIO. It's actually one of the things that precipitated coming in as CIO. And the other thing I will give people, just because it was it gives a picture of our relationship, I was the unreasonable CIO. You were the VP of Infrastructure and Operations, and I looked at you and said, "Hey, get our data centers to the cloud." And oh, by the way, here's one last thing. You can only have two racks per hospital and they have to be self-contained racks and not need data centers. And I remember, actually, I told the team that before, before I hired you and they looked at me and said, that's not possible. And then when I brought you in, I said, hey, here's the requirement. I thought you were going to tell me the same thing. And you looked at me and said, oh yeah, piece of cake. Yeah, we can do that. So we'll shed some light on why that was a piece of cake and actually how you exceeded that expectation, which was pretty interesting. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Great. So we've set it up. You come in as VP of Infrastructure and Operations, and we have this cloud strategy. So you take the cloud strategy, but one of the things that we talked a lot about is we're not moving to the cloud for cloud's sake. We're looking to really derive benefits for a healthcare organization. Let's start out there. So what are some of the benefits that a healthcare organization will get from moving to the cloud? First and foremost, it gets you out of the plumbing like IT clinic. You're a healthcare business, you're not an IT business, you shouldn't be there. And we don't do it well, right? Because we, we don't attract the level of talent that we need. Because honestly, right, so that level of talent wants a Google, wants a Disney, wants an Amazon on their resume. In fairness, we were in Southern California, so we were competing with, literally with Google, with startups, with Disney and others. So it was, it was a tough labor market. Right, right, exactly. But the, the beauty is the application stack is also not very complex in the grand scheme of things. So it lends itself easily to get yourself out once you get over that one kind of emotional hurdle is I need to own the servers. Yeah, and we did have people that wondered if we move to the cloud, how are we gonna walk into the data center? How did you address some of those concerns? I mean, the benefits far outweigh that being able to walk into the data center. Yeah, first and foremost, right? It's, it's understanding and proving, do we know what we need to know and what do we don't know? Right. And uh, funny speak, but the basic ism for it is what is our footprint? What are we actually managing? And what do we think we know versus all that shadow stuff that we know that doesn't exist? Once you start getting your hands around that, for us, it, it becomes an easier picture to paint that we probably don't manage enough of it already. So it's easier to start kind of boxing up and shipping out. Yeah, between you and, and David Baker, you guys kept reminding me that it's not compute storage and those things that people buy. What they want from IT is 
uptime, ease of use, access. They're buying services. And so much of our challenge up front was to get IT to think different, get the culture to think different of what's the best way to deliver service to the organization, not what's the best way to get storage, compute, and all that stuff to the business. Right. Yeah, it was interesting cultural change. I want to thank Tracy for another great episode. If you have feedback regarding the content and materials that you just heard and would like to help us to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward, please send us a note at hello at thisweekinhealthit.com. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. 